who will be uh, giving a homily this morning on the passage uh, from Corinthians that was read earlier. Um, I've had the privilege of working with Rita over a number of years. We've worked on a variety of oral history projects together at Millersville University, collecting stories of uh, men and women who are African American and Latino in the community and also on campus. Uh, And as many of you know, uh, over the past year we uh, focused on students of color at Millersville and their experiences over the past uh, year and a half with racism on campus, and uh, we'll be talking a bit more about that in the class uh, following um, today's service. So just wanted to say how thrilled I am that Rita can join us today, um, and look forward to hearing what she has to bring for us. came up here when I first accepted Students Day, I was like, yo, we really driving through cornfields, like, where cows at, and like, how much people live around, like, children of the corn, I'm gonna get murdered. Like, when I first came up here when I first accepted Students Day, I was like, yo, we really driving through cornfields, like, where cows at, and like, how much people live around. Like children of the core, I'm gonna get murdered. Okay. Uh, that might seem a strange um, reaction. And if you notice, I've kind of changed the focus from racism to diversity. It's also why I didn't pick some of the passages, because they all were passages to me that said you should embrace the other, you should. Um, love the other, you should learn to understand the other, uh, like the Samaritan woman, the other. The concept that bothered me was the other. Do you see what I'm saying? I understand it looks positive, but it still puts kind of certain people as the other. Uh, You know, like I said, um, the enemy, the different, uh, even the um, good Samaritan. He was the other. And so my concept for me is the best way to deal with racism is not to have the concept of the other, to actually celebrate diversity. That's why I picked that passages, because I think all different cultures have different gifts to give. And if we celebrate the different gifts and not see them as the other that we have to embrace, then you don't have to worry about racism because you celebrate all the differences. Now that's difficult because if you grew up like I grew up here, 
the first thing you are taught is when you meet somebody, find out what you have in common. Find out how you're alike. We don't teach people to deal with difference. We are afraid of difference. I've had a lot of people say to me, well, why don't we not talk about the differences? See, if we don't talk about the differences, everything will be okay. Differences cause conflict, but they shouldn't. I had one student in my racism class that said it very clearly, his perspective. He says, I have nothing against black people. If only they were more like white people. He was a freshman, very honest and blunt, and what made it very clear to him is he didn't know how to deal with this difference. He did not know how to deal with people that was different than him because he's, he probably never had to. He never had to deal with anyone that was different than him. It's very possible to live in this county, depending on where you live, and basically have most of the people around you be like you in most ways. Not in every way, but in, in most of you. But the county, the city certainly, but the city and the county are changing. Uh, one of the things uh, we're looking at is the fact that that means who makes up your congregation is going to be changing, which will make some people happy and some people not happy. We've been looking at data that says the people that are most unhappy with diversity are the last two generations, two or three generations, uh, back 30s, 40s, 50s of immigrants, Irish, Polish, Italian, uh, they aren't really happy with diversity, probably because they got pushed away from their diversity. You know, they, they were told that they had to Americanize. They changed their name. They told them not to wear dress or music or anything that reflected other than, I guess, what we will call wasp, whatever that, that, that may be. But they pushed them. So their attitude is, so should everybody else. Everybody else should assimilate. And oddly enough, as nice as it sounds, assimilation is really racist. Uh, me and Merlin just read a book that talked about the fact that we think that there are two scenarios in America, racism and anti-racism. But uh, this author talks about a third, that assimilation is really a form of racism. It may not look, but it's a form of racism. It says, everybody needs to be like me. That's what everybody needs to be. And you can't be different. And sometimes that means, so for example, though this may seem strange, a few times a year, we try to have uh, African-American mass. They also have a Latino mass in, in different places. And it's still a mass, but it reflects a different cultural perspective. And that's what I'm trying to encourage the churches um, in Lancaster to do, to look at some different ways to do service that might reflect different cultures. And you learn about the cultures, and you see how people can have the same 
we'll call it theology or belief in you, but the way they express it is very different. And that should be acceptable. You know, that, 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 that's often hard for people, for that kind of thing to be acceptable. But like I said, I think that is the best way to deal with racism. If you can celebrate difference, there's no racism. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you're different than me, and I think that's great. Um, I always think, um, who eats oatmeal? Okay, a lot of you eat oatmeal. How many of you eat oatmeal plain? No sugar, no honey, no fruit, just plain. Okay, yeah, you say, <laughs> so there's somebody that eats oatmeal. What I'm saying is, our society should not be oatmeal. That's why we put something in oatmeal. Uh, because just plain oat mush doesn't really do it. I like the salad perspective. That is, uh, the different um, things in the salad make it a salad. If the tomatoes are going to act like onions, then you don't need onions, okay? If the cucumbers are going to, you know, uh, act like spinach, then you don't need one of them. What makes a salad a great salad, depending on what you like in your salad, are the fact that there are all these different flavors that come together to make a salad. And if they aren't different, there are some people that I guess just eat lettuce, but they usually at least put salad dressing on it. You know, something so it isn't just everything's the same. The other analogy or metaphor is um, a mosaic. You know, where you have the little colored squares or stones, uh, that what makes the mosaic work is that the stones are different. If it was just all the same pink stones or blue stones, you don't have much of a mosaic, do you? You kind of have a wall, you know, uh, you know, just a, a wall where when each of the pieces add their different flavor, you can get a picture. So I guess what I'm encouraging is those salads and mosaics, and don't take it personally, down with the oatmeal. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just think if we take that approach, then, like I said, I think that's the best way to get rid of racism. We need to teach our children how to enjoy difference. And, like, and another thing is, do we ever take our children, because my, my hope is the children, you know, um, We'll do the best we can with you adults. But uh, I, I think the hope is the children is to different cultural things that occur in Lancaster. There are a lot of different cultural things uh, that occur in Lancaster, but people don't tend to go to them. Not only African-American and Latino. I think we just had an Indian festival, um, Central Asia, Indian. Um, it might even... Uh, this might surprise you, there is a Muslim center. Uh, I guess it's up Lidditz Pike. The Islamic center up Lidditz. They actually have events, uh, free events, free meals, dinners, just so people can learn 
about that. You know, I'm not, you know, I w- um, I'm not saying people should convert, but people should at least be clear on um, what they know. We had a group come out at Millersville. Then I have actually made my poor pastor have them come out. <laughs> uh, and they give you at least the facts, and you can ask questions. Uh, they don't ask you to agree with them. They just ask you to at least get information. And, you, and um, it's a nice scenario of an Islamic woman and a woman in a uh, car dealership. Uh, and the woman in the car dealership is asking all the dumb questions you can think that, that people would ask. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Things that you uh, kind of, the myths that, that exist. Um, and it, it's nice just to look at another perspective. It's not like I expect any of you to convert to Islam. Uh, I don't expect to convert to Islam. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? But at least I need to know what they believe. How is it different from what I believe? And how is it different from the kind of mythology that leads to fear? I find that really, really scareful. They also do some bystander training. Uh, you'd be surprised, like, how to do bystanders safely, if, if, if you know what I mean. So if you see someone uh, who is different being uh, verbally attacked, what do you do? So they don't get hurt, you don't get hurt. You see what kind of things you do. And you'd be surprised how much, uh, especially uh, right now we're getting kind of two populations, a Hindu population, like from Bangladesh, and a Muslim population. You'd be surprised how much um, they get attacked. For that concern, my driver, uh, who is from the southern end, says they actually, where he lives, pay people to take down those welcoming signs. They actually pay people to come in the middle of the night and tear down the signs. You know, the ones say we welcome to tear down the signs. Out of people's yard. Utterly amazes me that they pay someone to do, but that comes out of fear. They're different. So they're scary. So I think that's kind of the important point I wanted to make. And um, all, the last thing is motive. Think about what are the motives. And that's kind of what his last clip is about, often feeling that the university's motive is more about the university looking good than really promoting diversity. This is one of our students. He is a mixed Latino and African American. And right now, he's doing a travel abroad in Morocco. I think right now, it's just in a period of stillness. Like, everyone's too comfortable. But I think the campus needs a point where it's pressured and kind of forced to move forward. It needs to go through that awkward time of growth in a sense, and I feel like those on the administrative side kind of need to take into account and kind of see it from 
not just a number standpoint, trying to get enrollment in and get people in those dorms, but also see it as humanistic standpoint and really see that you're dealing with students, people, people's kids that just they're trying to find themselves and not just a number on the paper. Uh, you, you may not know, but uh, I tease Marilyn, you all stopped having children about 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, you have one or two. So they should have dealt with this 20 years ago, but they didn't. So they're looking at a 25% drop nationwide in young people to recruit from, to college because they weren't born. You can't recruit people that aren't there. So you, um, you found out that 12 of the 14 schools had enrollment go down. Of the, of the state schools, uh, had a Roman go down. And he's talking about the fact that he feels that one of the reasons that diversity has suddenly become an issue is enrollment, not that they really care about the students, their, their enrollment. Uh, the two schools are Westchester, for obvious reasons, it's in Philly, and Millersville. And the only reason I can think Millersville works is that it suddenly dawned on me we have six feeder community colleges. All the hacks. Because you can't get a four-year degree at a hack. Uh, so I was wondering how we were doing so well. It suddenly realizes that if you go to Hack Reading, Hack Lebanon, Hack York, Hack Lancaster, Hack Harrisburg, you need to go somewhere after the two years, and we're it. We're somewhere like Clarion, well, it looks like it's a nice town, but it is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Mansfield, I hope I'm not, I don't know, but just, it's just in the middle of nowhere. And there might be one community college nearby, and that's not enough to feed. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But that's what he was worried about. He didn't want to be a number saying, see how many diverse students we have. He wanted to make sure the university actually cared about the students. And sometimes it's just a number. Uh, am I going to hit Sunday school? Okay. So I don't want to have you not go to Sunday school. 